0: Well, I just want to start off saying I'm super thankful for this opportunity. Um, as Randy has just spoke, um, my wife, Becky, and myself have been attending this incredible place, this fellowship, this family, this church for about five years. Um, and throughout that period, we came with one child. Now we have three, um, which is just amazing. Most days. It's a blessing. So we have a, a boy named Elijah John, and he is Six. We have two little girls that are just unbelievably beautiful and feisty and just, just all sorts of incredible. Um, so we have one girl who's two, Holly Noel, and another girl who's about eight and a half months, Esther Grace. And God has just so richly blessed us with, with those babies. And um, so, yeah, again, I'm just I'm super thankful to have this opportunity. Um, as Randy was saying, I'm a high school teacher at Clover Park High School. It looks a lot like Lincoln, very diverse, very broken, massive needs, physically, spiritually, emotionally. It's all over the map. Um, and so it's it's exciting for me to be here and be able to proclaim the gospel. Um, I, I'm able to do that in some ways as being a teacher and a coach, more so as a coach. But there's this, there's so much like... All of you as well, when we walk out in society and we see it on a daily basis, you know, especially being in the trenches, like an like a inner city high school, you see the massive needs. And, and I, I know I'm paid to be a public educator, but there's days where, you know, I could, and I'm definitely not, but you could be the greatest teacher in the world. And I could, I'm a a health science teacher, and I could teach you how to be healthy, how to eat well, teach you all about those six essential nutrients, talk about how to think positive thoughts. It's beautiful. Those are important things. But those will not bring you into a new identity. Those will not equip you when things in life happen where it takes you to a place or well, you don't know if you can make it one more day. And it so often does. And many of us in this room ha- maybe are in this spot right now. Without the good news that there is a father who loves you and sees you. And will meet you in your greatest need. It's very difficult. And so it brings me into what I'm, what I'm going to speak on today. I'm going to speak out of Romans 1 Romans And uh, I'm a very exciting person, so if I'm all over, I I, I don't apologize, but I apologize, okay? And I'm all over the map. I mean, I formulated this here for a few hours, but I probably won't stick to it, just to be honest, because I just get, I'm just a personal freedom guy, and I might talk about a few different things, but I'll try to piece them together. So I know those spirits are going to work no matter what, so that's all good, okay? So just try to bear with me. But before I actually read the passage, I'm going to pray one more time, okay, just to kind of get me comfortable, all right? So, Father, thank you so much again for this day. We thank you that you are good. We thank you that you love each and every person in this place. And as we begin to speak out of Romans, the whole theme that Paul is writing to the church in Rome, as it is for us today, In present-day society, for every person in this church today, that it's good news for all people. No matter where you come from, what you look like, the good news that we have is found in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way, that you would follow fresh, on each and every one of us today, that you would take away hearts of stone and give us new hearts to come and see you in such a beautiful and radical way that we would all have an encounter with you, the one true living God, the creator of all things. No matter if we've been in a relationship with you for many decades or we don't know you as of yet, your word says you desire all people to be saved. So I pray that you would do a massive work in all of us today, and Jesus, you would be glorified, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to start off reading. Um, I'm going to read Romans. If you have your Bibles, you, your phones, whatever you want to do, you be you, I'll be me. Okay, and we're going to read start in verse 14 through 17. But again, I'm going to try to do my best to really big deal, verse 16. That's what we're going to be spending. And as I uh, continue to communicate, there's going to be like four to five different uh, words I'm really going to focus on, okay? And I'll kind of remind you of those hopefully as we go, all right? So Paul Paul starts off uh, saying here in verse 14, I am under obligation both to the Greeks and to the barbarians. Both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And so when I, was at, when I was given the opportunity to speak, I had the incredible blessing to really choose Abe and Randy. said, hey, you know what? We're going to give you the freedom. Ask the Spirit what, you, what he would what have you share. And I was, you know, kind of processing, praying. But I, it didn't take very long. So I really felt like the Lord said, this is what you need to speak on. Romans 1:16. And mainly because I struggle with this. I struggle in so many ways about being about not being ashamed. Not being ashamed of the gospel. And as Paul when he's writing this letter, he's writing to a context pretty similar to ours. He's writing to a very sophisticated society. Okay? Rome, capital city, obviously at the time, one of the most the most powerful city there was at the time, high intellect, okay? You know, obviously if you're going to come proclaim a message, it better have some umph to it. Better have some better have some, you know, you better have some lofty words, some eloquence of speech. And so Paul is writing to the church I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for those who believe. And it's amazing to me, when I was really thinking about this, it really, it really connected to my personal story about being a, about being a teacher, about this, this being a, a person in this society, because, you know, as Christians, we live in a society that's very similar to one in Rome, where, you know what? Lots of times when you're proclaiming the simple gospel, People are like, ah, be careful with that. You can really talk about anything else that you want. But when you start bringing the gospel and the desperate need for for people to be brought into an eternal relationship with Jesus, you start to kind of raise some questions. And I found that to be true, actually, over the last 12 months of my own life, for really about the first time. There was a couple of times last year when I was teaching, when I was in my classroom and, and I'll, I'll speak upon a subject, and all of a sudden I'll feel like I have to say this. We're in, because I teach a lot of mental, emotional, spiritual health. And the, and the curriculum that I teach pushes, obviously, towards some other things that are really hard for me to say, or I don't feel I, I can say to be true to what I believe. And so there were some times where I had to actually step back and be like, you know what, this isn't going to cost me something. This isn't going to cost me something because this is, not, this is not popular. This is not what some of these kids want to hear. They need to hear it, but they don't want to hear it. And there were some times where I, you know, by God's grace, there's a couple of times where I stepped out and I said, you know what, this is truth. This is what God says about you. Not what the world says. Not what this textbook says. Not what your culture says. Not what any kind of trap music or rap music or any kind of music say. This is what your creator, the God of the Bible, says about you. But just to be transparent, there was times where I did not. There was times when there was some fear. When I shrink back a little bit, like, ah, you know, they know. They know I I love Jesus. You know, I'll wait. It's uncomfortable. I'm not paid to do that here. There was many times like that. And so I, this last week, was listening to a podcast, and there was a pastor from Uganda. This is what really got me pumped up, Okay. And obviously we know a little bit about the persecuted church. And I've heard a lot about the persecuted church. But there's this one story. I I might butcher his name. Lord, forgive me. Pastor Umar Malende from Uganda. Amazing man. Grew up in the Muslim faith. Um, His grandfather uh, was was, uh, a leader in the church. His father was a leader in the church. He was one of 56 siblings. 56 siblings. He himself knew the theology, knew the Quran, studied his whole life. He was walking from his village one day. He didn't go into exact detail where he was going, or what, but all of a sudden, he heard, this, he heard this man proclaiming the gospel. He had the Quran in one hand, the Bible in one hand, and was, was, was bringing the Quran under the authority of Jesus Christ, talking about the differences, and for the first time ever, the Spirit just did something in his heart. He went to bed that night, had a dream. Jesus revealed himself, had an encounter. He went to church the next day. It was actually on on Easter Sunday in 2011. He gave his heart to the Lord, left church that same day, and actually he was leaving the Christian church. People saw him like family, friends. And right away there was persecution. Got dismissed from his home, family disowned him. Uh, as days passed, he started there was there was ended up being twelve assassination attempts on his life twelve. I haven't had one yet. and there's times when I'm a shape. this man had twelve he had pour acid poured on his it's just I, I tell you this because there is so much power in the gospel when you truly believe. Who Jesus is and what he's done for you. There's so much conviction. And so Paul himself is saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. In today's society, the Christian gospel might be mocked, dismissed, because our culture is so politically correct. Okay? And other places around the world, as I just said, there's persecution, there's loss of job, there's death, there's all these things going on. Okay? And the Christian gospel says, so, so, I'm sorry, let me back up. The gospel that, that, that Paul was preaching to a group of people, they believed that obviously Caesar was king. And, all, and everything is under the authority of Caesar. Caesar. But what Paul was proclaiming, you know what? That Jesus is over all authority. He is authority. So it was a massive contradiction there. And it, it's similar maybe for us today because the society we live in, there's a lot of, well, I'm my own God. It's all about my own feelings, my own, my own emotions, or it's a Jesus plus mentality. So if you come proclaiming this gospel that, that Paul is proclaiming here, there is going to be some strife. There may be some disconnect. There may be some persecution. So this brings me to what should a Christian do, okay? Okay. And this is one of the essential questions. As as an educator, as a teacher, we always ask people, like, today this would be an essential question. And if you don't hear anything else that I say, I'm talking to high school, like ninth grade kids, you know, and I tell this to you, know, I want you to think, I want you to ponder, I want you to meditate on this essential question. And this, for us today, is one of these essential questions, okay? So what should we do? Paul was under an obligation to all. And we should be As well, Paul did not come proclaiming lofty speech with words of eloquent eloquence. He said, I come to preach the simple gospel to you, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. I'm not going to be ashamed of that. You may want me to come and and talk about these things that are happening. You want me to come and talk about politics, which, yeah, they're important. You want me to come talk about, to the church, he's saying, uh, issues of lust or greed or taking care of the poor. Those are all essential, all vital, all critical to the health of a church and dear to God's heart. But what Paul was more concerned about, an overarching question. He was more concerned about eternity of a person's soul. He was more concerned. What he was concerned about is reconciling people to God. That is what Paul was concerned about. And it's the same for us today. The gospel, the theme is about righteousness and salvation. And there's only one way we can be de- declared through righteous, and that's through faith in the resurrected King Jesus Christ. And that's what leads us to salvation. So, again, I'll repeat myself, as Paul was under obligation to all, we should be as well. Jesus looked at his disciples as he looks at us as believers, as followers of King Jesus. In Matthew 28, we get the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them how to live like Jesus. And please forgive me. But that's not a suggestion. It's just not. We often I feel like, and I often live my life like it is a suggestion, beautiful people. I do. Opposed to, I've been commissioned, not by my own strength, but being empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you are in Christ Jesus today, if, if we believe that Jesus is the risen Lord, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit who empowers you to proclaim the good news. And you don't have to be eloquent. Paul, the dude had two doctors. He didn't care about having this high-level intellect, how to communicate uh, just so beautifully and have all these lofty words. That doesn't save Nobody. I might confuse some people, tickle some ears, but that saves nobody. He came to proclaim this simple gospel. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall down short of the glory of God. But then we get the good news in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one son that whoever would believe shall not perish but have eternal life. See, I think in our, in our culture, our society, as believers, and this is for me, I pray that maybe some of us are receiving it today, but it's, it's a danger to be in a state of complacency. Being complacent with this good news of the gospel. I'm already way off my notes, so I guess I'll just keep going, okay, for a minute, okay? Um, I'll hopefully circle around a little bit, but bear with me. I'm just excited. I don't get to do this, woo, this is awesome. Okay, so Paul was trying to think I'm gonna word this here, bear with me. Paul was not ashamed because it's the power of God onto salvation. As believers, I just want to ask the question are we really believing? Are we really believing in the power of God? Are we really believing? that Jesus can do the things he said he can do? Are we really believing that God is the creator of all life, that there is no other hope, that there is no other peace, there is no other joy, there is no other way to the Father except through Jesus? Because, beautiful people, family, if we really believe that, man, what would our life look like? And again, it's not in our own strength. We can't muster it up. It's not by works, but it's being compelled by this inner conviction that the grace of God through Jesus gives us, being empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk in. And sometimes, if you're like me, I feel like I have to have a plan. You know what? Theology is extremely important. Don't get me wrong. It's very important. But i got to have my, like. even today, I've got my theology perfect. I know I don't, but... I, you, you get these mind monsters, okay? You, uh, es- my, I don't know, eschatology, I don't know, all these things, the mission, missiology, I have all these steps to do it correctly. That is a lie. That is a lie. We need to be freed up by God's spirit. This to be you, how God has designed and created you to be in him. You know why I did it, to walk. We need to ask the Lord to help us. The shackles have been taken off us. To walk with such a purpose, we, as believers in Christ Jesus, you should be the most liberated thing there is. He is, hes given you freedom to share this gospel to all people. And I'll get into more of that in a few minutes. But I just don't want to miss this because i i, feel, I really believe and I see it in my life. In so many, there's a fear. There's a fear to be found out. There's a fear that what? They might walk away. There's a fear for me. Maybe I might lose my job. But if am, am I worshiping my job? Am I worshiping the fear of man? More than I'm fearing the Lord and the sense of what he can offer all people. Because I can guarantee you every person we're walking by is desperate to be justified. They're looking for a sense of justification, meaning to be made right, to have a purpose, to have value, to be validated. And if they don't find it in Christ Jesus, they're gonna look for it in so many other things, whether it's substance abuse, whether it's in promiscuality, whether it's in works righteousness, whatever it may be. And some of us as believers, we struggle with that, I understand that, but ultimately, we are free from all of that. So, just again, the Great Commission is not a suggestion. We are on mission to join in on the greatest thing that's ever existed, on the greatest endeavor, on the greatest adventure. God has given us this message that could save people for all eternity in this life and the next and sustain them from Every situation, every circumstance, no matter what someone's going through, the good news is for you and it's for them. And this Jesus that we proclaim, he meets us in those situations. He wants to walk with us in those situations, whether we're experiencing loss or being abused or broken, whether you're divorced, whatever, whatever's going on in your life, he wants to walk with you and love you through it. There's not, what else is there? There's no other hope. I've looked for it in other things. I'm sure most of us have too. Maybe some of us are today. I'm sorry for the bear. Actually, it's good news. You won't find it in anything other than Jesus Christ. Okay. So Paul is not ashamed of the gospel again. He's not relying on his own works or intellect, but the gospel. He is pointing people, the church in Rome, to an all-sufficient Savior. Okay? As I kind of touched on somewhat, the good news, the gospel, good news. Okay? This is God's message, the power that comes from the Holy Spirit, who empowers us to proclaim the good news. The good news, again, is we're not left to our own strength. The last thing I want anybody ever to hear is like, man, that is so daunting to me. To go out and talk to people about this message, and I just don't have it. You're right, you don't have it. None of us do within yourself. But we have the Spirit again, the Spirit of God living in us, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, that healed the sick, blind, leper. It's amazing. If you really think, I know it's simple. Somebody's looking at it like, is this guy an elementary teacher? I hope so. But you know what? It's all good. Seriously. We cannot outgrow the simpleness of what is true. I'm not saying it's easy. No, it's not easy. But it's for all people. And as ambassadors, as campaigners of the gospel, you have that power living in you. I pray that we will receive that today. So this gospel that Paul is preaching, I know some of you, most of you may have heard it, some may not. Okay? This gospel is the good news. But as I just said in Romans 3.23, Paul says that all men have, we're all on equal ground, beautiful people. We're all on equal ground. For we all have sinned. It doesn't matter how much money you make. Sorry. It doesn't matter what family you've been born into. It doesn't matter how, what you look like, what you smell like, what food you, it doesn't, it doesn't, we're all on equal ground. All have fallen short. Okay? For all have sinned and fall down short of the glory of God. Okay? And so it brings us to the gospel, the need of good news. Okay? Again, the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's the power which goes on working wherever people declare that Jesus is Lord. There is a, superna- so there's a supernatural power that takes place when the proclamation of life, death, and resurrection of the risen Jesus is talked about. Again, the good news, as I said earlier, John 3.16, for God saw the world that he gave his one son, Jesus, for whomever believes shall not die but have eternal life. And the second part of 3.23, going to 3.24 and 3.25, it says, we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God, God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Not by no works, but by faith. Okay, it's a free gift for all who would believe. Romans 5, 8 goes on to say, God shows his love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the gospel. This is the good news that no matter where you've gone from, where you're at, there is a God who loves you who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you, that took you, when you believe in him, he takes your sin as far as the east is to the west, and you are declared righteous, then you are right in our Father in heaven's eyes, that now when he looks at you, wherever you're at, he sees a blameless, he looks at you such a, this unbelievable adoration, he sees Jesus. Today, we need to receive that. I mean, we can't outgrow this no matter what we get into we can, we have to be in this posture of like wow i don't deserve this this is crazy in itself but in that that's what will empower us to continue to grow in the expansity of the good news and so the good news is god's power that leads to salvation okay so Paul was not ashamed, and I'm saying a lot, of the gospel. Why was he not ashamed? He wasn't ashamed of what? The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the only thing that can save and sustain and meet people where they're at and save them and change them and give them the life that they, that they maybe not want but what they need. Give them the peace and the hope and the comfort. I almost said another word, sorry. Okay? That they're desperately searching for, that you we're all searching for, if we're honest. Today some of you came in here searching for peace. You know what? Jesus is the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. We need hope. We're looking for hope in other things. Your work, status. It's never it's not going to work. Jesus is the anchor of hope. No matter what storm of life you're going through as Abe said, I think it was last week. Either you're going to build your house on on the rock or on the sand. I pray that we're people that build our identity, our worth, our value, because every one of you has so much worth, so much value, value, because you've been bought with such an unbelievable price. With the, with the price of the, of the blood of the most high God, Jesus Christ. That's how precious each and every one of you are today. So this good news, this power of God leads us to salvation. Salvation just means the deliverance from sin and its consequences brought by faith in Christ Jesus. Okay, so this salvation, as Paul makes it clear, isn't only in the future. That is where the full glory of it will be seen, but makes its way into the present. Rescuing, rescuing rescuing people from the state of sin. In a commentary by N.T. Wright, he states, when you announce Jesus as the crucified and risen Lord of the world, something happens. God's power comes to live in the minds and hearts of listeners. Okay? This reminds us we're all in desperate need. As the prophet Ezekiel in the 36th chapter writes about this, I'm not going to go too in-depth about this, but it's, it's, a, it's just an amazing reminder. It's that the Holy Spirit actually takes away our heart of stone. We can't do anything within ourselves. And gives us a new heart to come to, be, to come to faith and repentance in God. You see, I love this because I haven't hit on this enough yet. But this is what Paul is really trying to get at. It again, it doesn't matter if you're white, black, married, single, you're Republican or Democrat, rich, poor, it doesn't matter, long hair, short hair, no matter what. This is good news for all people. I'm spitting now. Here I go. Okay? Watch out. But it's good news for all people. Okay? All. All people. This salvation only is, this salvation isn't only in the future, excuse me, though that's where I was seeing the full glory be witnessed again. It also makes its way forward into the right now okay so salvation is a present reality and a future hope meaning we were saved we are being saved right now and we will be saved so don't worry when we have that new heart when we are brought into the family of god you are continually being saved every second of every minute of every day for all eternity that is good news. So I think some, especially I talk to young adults and, and students, like, man, I, d- I declare Jesus my Lord, I believe, but I'm still stuck in this mess. I'm still smoking or drinking or having these relationships and thinking these thoughts. You know what? Some of us right here probably are too. And I, but the beautiful thing about this is God is not done with you. It's not that was any of us. The Holy Spirit is working in you. Again, if you have declared, if you believe, if you believe, excuse me, if you believe that Jesus is is the risen Lord, the Savior of the world, your God, you will never lose that salvation. You are in that. You are bought. You were brought in that family. You are now in that sonship. You are now a daughter of the King of all kings, of, of all things, of all the creator of all things. And so again, this good news is for all who believe. Romans 10:9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Declared righteous when we believe. And again, uh, Paul, you know, he finishes this statement, this verse, with to the Jew first and also the Greek. And we not, Jesus obviously was a Jew himself, and he sent out his disciples to the law sheep of Israel. But he doesn't leave it there. He says to all people, to the Gentiles, and as Paul, as Paul proclaims to the Gentiles and barbarians the free and to the slave, in the beginning of that verse, 14. This good news is for all people. This good news is for me and you today. And so I think the last thing that I would like to to, to leave you with is, again, bringing it back to the very first couple of moments, is asking the question, are we ashamed? Or have we been ashamed? I want to say, don't feel shame if you have been ashamed. Because shame does not come from our Lord. John 10.10 says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to give life and give it more abundantly. What my goal, what I feel like Paul's goal is, proclaiming this good news of Jesus Christ that you've been bought with such an unbelievable price that now when he sees you, as he speaks later on in this amazing book, my mind wants to go there, but it's... It take a long time that when you have faith, you are declared righteous in the eyes of the Father. You now have peace. You have position. You have stance. You have everything you need. When you, Jesus, I believe in you, that you see me. I don't have to get good to get you, but when I receive you, when you allow me to receive you by your grace, you make me good. That is the gospel. And even in the mess, even in my brokenness, even when I'm in this, the, the nastiest state if someone else saw me, you still love me? There's nothing else like that. There's no other God that compares to the good news and the, and, the, and the promise that you have in Christ Jesus today. And so when we start actually walking that out a little bit, just think of the freedom. Allow your mind to go there. Allow your heart to go there, people, because it's the truth for us today, for those who believe. And if you know people that don't believe, because I know every come on we live in the Pacific Northwest we know lots of people don't believe. Don't be ashamed. And don't go on your own strength. You don't need to. You have the power of the Holy Spirit alive in you. Don't get worried about again as Paul proclaimed to the church in Corinth, I'm not going to come to an eloquence of speech. I'm going to preach Christ crucified. Yeah, you're right. It is a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Greeks. But that's okay because you know what? It's the power of God to bring people into a saving and sustaining relationship with the God of earth and heaven for all eternity. So whatever happens to me, you are worth so much more. What you have for me, God, is so much more valuable. What you've given me. so much more weighty, the price of your son. And we get to be in eternity with Jesus. That is good news for you and for me. And I pray, it is good news. I pray we'll walk in that good news to all those out here, whether it's your apartment building, whether it's your spouse, whether it's people at a hospital, wherever you work. You have it. I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna allow, or I'm gonna ask, allow, I'm gonna ask the um, worship team to come up and uh, we'll go from there, okay? So I'll pray for you guys. So, Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to talk about how good you are. Um, Lord, we thank you that you are the king of all kings and lord of all lords. I pray today that, again, that you would reveal yourself to all of these amazing people today. I pray that we'd have an encounter with you. As Paul had an encounter on the road to Damascus, he was not ashamed because he knew how powerful you were and how powerful you are. So I pray that would ring true to all of us today. Jesus, thank you for not leaving us on our own. Thank you for sending us the spirit to live in us, to empower us, to enable us, to declare you and to live out the good news of who you are in everyday life, that we are set free, that we have all that we need in you, Christ Jesus. So empower this church, equip this church to be ambassadors of this good news, ambassadors of this gospel. I pray of all things that you would be glorified in this place today, Jesus. In your holy name, amen. Thank you.